I'm Critter. I'm Jace. And we should be working. working. God damn it. It's one, two, (laughs) say it. (laughs) All right. I'm Critter. I'm Jace. And And we we should should be be working. working. I fucking hate you so much. (laughs) (laughs) Do we have a guest star? We do. We have a surprise guest star. A surprise guest. I can actually hear her really well. Oh, awesome. Okay, and then we're just going to do it like this for a little bit until we're she just doing it. scurries off. But yeah, she's, she came down to visit in the middle of the day. And I what a party. Against our will. <laughs> can we? Can I ask her embarrassing questions about your childhood? Yeah, sure. Here, hold on. Hello. That's it. Hi. <laughs> so you're the one that jumped up and scared the heck out of me on yeah. a meeting like three months ago. Yes. It all comes together now. Jace has great ideas that way. Yeah, he's he's really good at torturing me. He's come up with all uh, all kinds of creative ways to do it. Yeah, he he has made a lifetime of like being tricky. <laughs> Any anything anything stand like out ways that he... you guys like what you're saying, Critter? Hush. I, okay, my bad. <laughs> anything stand out? Any good Jace childhood stories where he tortured you? No, it was mostly his sisters. Really? Jace was um, the good one? Jace, he he just was smarter than they were. He was stronger, <laughs> but he was also smarter. So that made him formidable. <laughs> Jace you was know? smarter and stronger. Because the, the side of Jace. Could be, yeah, the girls could be smart, but they weren't as strong. And so, yeah, sometimes they would lose just by sheer you know, physical exertion, strength, but Jace could outsmart him and outpower himself. <laughs> he's he he's still lifting lot. weights, too. He's trying to get yeah. smarter or uh, stronger yeah. every day. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he's a very competitive person. I've learned that, you know, that's just how he is. So it's yeah. Do, do you have that? Are you competitive? No, no. And I Me don't either. like to be, I don't like to be like in this, I don't know, public Space. forum kind of thing. I don't know, like social media stuff. No, I don't do any of that. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, so yeah. you're just not interested. No, not really. I mean, I I really should because it makes me out of time, right? I need to push myself to be more in step, but it's not interesting to me. I do, you know, by my children's advice, try to keep up and know things, but... I'm not very good uh, at that's, it. That's <laughs> that's an interesting. Dis- you, so you feel you feel pressured to keep up with social media just because that's what everybody else is doing or something? Oh yeah, because even uh, from a you know like a professional standpoint, you need to have a certain presence in all platforms because you won't be keeping up. I see that like with a lot of the young girls that I work with, you know, who are doing things in their career that they couldn't do without using some of those platforms. So, yeah, for sure. Well, that seems unfortunate. Have you considered asking Jace to, to maintain your online presence? Yeah, that's not fair. What? That wouldn't be fair. <laughs> what? To maintain my online presence. Oh. No, that wouldn't be fair. But for me to maintain your online yeah. presence? Yeah. That'd be rough. No, I, I don't I... have a good depiction of you. <laughs> well, here's, here's an example for my own self, right? As someone who's, you know, lived six decades, right? I am in a point in my career where I would really like to do some 
get some ideas off the ground, right? But because I don't know those social media avenues, I feel restricted in some of the way that my messaging can get out. You know, what what career are you trying well, to get? Nancy off the has five point five million viewers. Uh, Let's yeah, right. Like writing. your wife, I don't have that. But man, if I did, I would be so. Poof. <laughs> um, I well, I'm a nurse, but I really have a strong feeling about getting a, a garden space, a green space at our campus specifically for not just the nurses, but all the workers in that campus. And um, my vision is something that can be accessed by night people too, like me, because I work the night shift to just go out and sit in the garden space, fresh air, even if it's raining. So you, you could access it the whole, the whole time during your 12 hour shift. And um, to me, that has significant amount of research that supports that being uh, beneficial, right? Yep. To, your, to your workforce. And Legacy Emanuel here in Portland already did that. And they expanded their idea from the original one to like 13 of their campuses or some shit like that. So it's already been done, but I, you know, I don't possess the skills to really get the message out there, I guess, to garner enough uh, interest and support for it. At least I haven't found the avenue. You, who, who would you need to convince people that work there with you? Right. Oh, sure. And philanthropists. And I know that, I mean, I know that they're out there, that those resources are out there. Yeah. Even beyond money, just even commitment for labor or design or plants, you know, big corporations, nurseries and things like that would donate even materials, which, you know, it's still money, right? But it's not actual direct funding as far as just getting people interested and supportive, but mainly my, my, um, my bosses, you know, the big, the big guys to listen that it's not just a good idea. You know what I'm saying? But I feel like if I had more people behind me that were, especially, I don't know, these guys had a doctor who helped them legacy did. And as soon as you get a doctor, usually that helps a lot. (laughs) And I know I can get I, I'm sure yeah. I could get that, but you know what I'm saying? Like a bigger presence because everybody's in this social media kind of um, realm that things move quicker, more exposure. That's how I feel. So uh, it, it, it impairs me a little bit. I'm just saying. I I often think I should have played more video games. <laughs> a lot of the learning that I'm being asked to do online is very specific to like video games. <laughs> so again <laughs> i should have kept up <laughs> i don't i mean how, you know how did this work before how did this work before social media what if you'd been trying to do this 50 years ago it seems like those <coughs> those things should still work paper pen well i mean what about just you know talking to people getting a meeting with your boss's boss or whoever whoever the, the tastemakers mm. are mm. i've asked but it hasn't happened they have bigger have fish a- to fry. Have you asked often and forcefully? <laughs> I've asked three times, but I'm going for the fourth. It's my mission so to do it. So I'm just saying that I feel like I need some, because I've done it the old-fashioned way, right? Pen, paper, uh-huh. letter. Um, 
I need a bigger presence. That's why I'm saying like, I yeah. feel like, you know, some of my aversion to technology or staying current in it, it does put me at a disadvantage. And you're in, so, so you're thinking <clears throat> if you had some, re- yeah, I'm some trying to recruit already. somebody who, who is more in touch. She'll be my right hand person. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's kind of oh. smoky. It is. What you been doing in here, Jace? No, I meant like the. There's a lot of wildfires right now, and so the Ooh. atmosphere is very smoky. You can tell because it's always a pink tinge clouds. Wow, really? Well, I did not know there were wildfires happening in Oregon. Yes, they just got one of the largest ones ever. Put it. I don't know. It's maybe seventy percent controlled. The Bootleg Fire. Yeah, I think yeah. it was Jeez. massive, wasn't it? It was only yeah. like a quarter million acres. Or yeah, something like it's that. like the second largest fire ever in Oregon, the history of Oregon. So, and it's it's so bad that it's like you can feel it when you're breathing. Oh yeah, yeah. Wow, that's terrible. I had no idea that was yeah. happening. I need to check. The oh news. my goodness, last year was worse. Just like yeah, I was la- reading, yeah. Colorado had like the worst air quality in the world the other I don't know last week or something. Same thing like Oregon last year had like worse air quality than China. Because there was so much fire burning down here last year. Oh, my goodness. Like in three directions. Yeah, we were practically From Jace. Yeah. <laughs> he had only one direction a- to escape. Do you-, <laughs> Do you ever miss Hawaii? Me? Yeah. Oh, yes. Every day. Every day. Well, you anytime come- I think about it. Yeah. Why'd you come to the mainland? To take care of my grandmother. To make sure she didn't ever have to go in a nursing home. So... That was kind of my mission. Have you ever thought about moving back? Often. But then I would have to probably give up seeing my children as much as I do, you know, and I still may do that. I don't know. Now that I'm working, I, I'm working for my pension for the next four years. Oh, really? Does that mean, does that mean you can retire in four years? Yes. Is that how that works? Wow. Yeah. You're so close. I know. Is that crazy? I never thought. I mean, you know, close and far away at the same time, you know, I could drop dead today. So that, you know, it's, nothing's a given, even the money, right? Some people yeah. learn that in their pensions, like the Enron people thought they had pensions. And so, yeah, sometimes that doesn't work out, but all things considered, yeah, I'm excited. So you're, is it your grand plan to stay and, you know, tough it out until retirement and then retire in Hawaii? My plans change all the time. Like I would like to visit Hawaii. Maybe I don't know that I want to live there permanently, but if I had the ideal, I would have property there and I'd have like some place in the forest here. I don't know. I want to live in the forest. You're an, you're an outdoorsy type person. Yeah. 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 Without changing it too much. You know what I mean? Like I don't, I don't need like a landscaped front gate, concrete driveway kind of thing. You know, what's your I you know, like? Would you live in a treehouse if you could? Like, what's your oh my ideal? God, yeah, but I don't know that I could climb it. You know, as you get older, right? But yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe a small tree. Oh, I have a I have a dream treehouse that I've carried a picture around with me forever. It's in Louisiana somewhere in the Bible. wow, really? Yeah, it's awesome. You carry it around with you, man. What yeah. what is it about I mean, the uh, what is what is it about you know nature that draws you to it so much? Um, can't define it yeah I don't know I I just think that we it's it's where we all need to like go back to like reconnect to 
to know that no matter what happens, right, it's going to be okay, right? Even nature, you die, you could become the nursery log for the next, you know, six generations or something like that. So there's something very poetic in it, right? In in the mm-hmm. way nature handles crisis, you know, you look at a tree, think about a tree, those redwoods, some are a thousand years old. And I think the oldest tree is something like, I want to say 14,000 years old. They're talking about like in the Middle East or somewhere. Can you imagine <laughs> like what, what has happened in that amount of time? What is that witness? Like even a thousand years is crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. Yeah, okay. So there's something about the stability or, or the consistency well, or something. The tenacity. Yeah. Uh, have you ever seen like two trees fall together and then grows one? Like, uh huh. Both their roots were like totally out of the ground. They should have died and they didn't. Then they just joined together and became one. Or you know, it's blown over sideways, but it still puts down roots and keeps growing sideways for a while till it starts growing up again. It's crazy. But I mean, not just trees, you know, the bugs, all of it. I don't know. There's yeah. a rhythm there that that is, you know, what it, primitive. <laughs> and no matter how you, you sophisticated we are, we're all we're all very primitive. We are. Don't kid yourself. <laughs> so you don't you don't think that that people share that that tenacity, that rhythm, or too chaotic and harmful? I think. Yeah. I think that most people do, but I do think that some, uh, what do I want to say, resilience or or strength, that people don't have that very much anymore. They all want to be protected, kind of, and they're afraid to be uh, questioned on their beliefs or, you know, I, I don't know. I, I feel like there's a little bit of nurturing over nurturing, I guess, would be the word mm-hmm. that I see. How I about mean, I, deli- I deliver babies, right? For that, that that's what I do in nursing. Is like I'm a labor and delivery nurse, and so when I see the way that parents are sometimes with their kids, it's like, it's like, I know you want to protect them, but at the same time, you have to be realistic. You know what I mean, like. If a baby cries changing their diaper, you're not ruining their life. And you don't need to sign them up for the best preschool that is out there on the day that they're born. Like, I think that some, you know, the whole question, nature, nurture, that's been like forever, right? Historic. We've been talking about it quite a bit. Yeah, exactly. But the reality is it's both. Like, it's not one or the other. And you'll never prove that it's one or the other, right? But I think that some of the, the, um, the natural resilience or toughness of humanity is being kind of um, worked out of us. How about for you specifically? Uh, well, I'm, I'm aging. So you know what I mean? Like <laughs> I'm not quite as resistant as I used to be, but I feel like I've been very, um, you know, like, okay, knock me down, but it's not how many times I go down. It's how many times I get up, you know, mm-hmm. where I feel like sometimes we're trying to not let these people get knocked down and then they don't get that resistance that, um, they don't get experience. Yeah. It, 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 it's a lesson, right? Like we should all, I, th- this is my own personal belief should be 
reproach. We should be able to, none of us is beyond reproach, right? Somebody should come and talk to us plainly about something and we can decide whether we believe that or accept that or not, but we all shouldn't be so fragile or or unwilling to be flexible in any way. You know what I mean? Like, that's the other thing. Like, you're not the same person, I'm sure, that you were when you were 10 or 20 or 30, you know? Like, okay, probably you're 30. But anyway, do you know what I'm saying? Like, those those that experience that and never want to change, that's... Dangerous. It's unrealistic. Yeah, it's dangerous, but it's unrealistic, too, because that even if you don't want to change... <laughs> You will be changed. <laughs> yeah, that's so. interesting. I have, I have a friend who sometimes says uh, offense is not assigned, it's taken. Like, this is going well. You guys could get a full episode. <laughs> assigned what? Offense is what? Yeah, offense is not assigned, it's taken. Like if somebody offends you, that's not them offending you. That's them doing something and you choosing to be offended by it. You know, right, there are other right. choices. Oftentimes, you know, and it's like, but also, you know, it has to go both ways, right? Nobody wants somebody to come and have themselves laid bare by somebody, but then they're not willing to also do that. You know, Jace is someone who likes things very consistent. You know, he doesn't do change well, but he's also pushed himself in his later years to accept that. And maybe he doesn't, he doesn't actively seek it necessarily, you know, like, but he definitely can roll with it a lot easier. You think vulnerability is something like that? Is uh, is vulnerability something that's easy for you? Uh, I I wouldn't say vulnerability is. No, I don't like that at all. But humility, maybe. Uh huh. You know. Why don't you like vulnerability? Because I could do everything. You don't need to be vulnerable. Joining <laughs> <laughs> up? No, I don't need help. I could do it. Uh huh. Me? No, yeah, you uh-huh. too. <laughs> it's something I taught my kids. It's maybe it's not a good thing. You know, it's maybe not a good thing. So, okay, yeah. so, but you do believe that strength is built through hard times. Oh, pff, come on. Don't you? I, I'm just I saying, know. what? I don't know. Really? I, I, I wonder if, I mean, do you think it's impossible to be a strong person if you've had an easy life? Not necessarily, but, you know, it's like saying, can you fly? Well, unless you've actually tried. You know what I'm saying? So if you've had a relatively easy life, but you haven't been tested, you know? Yeah, well, okay. So say say that say that somebody who had an easy life grows to be 40 and somebody who had a really tough life grows to be 40 and they both experience the same trauma when they're 40. The hypothesis is the person with the harder life will have an, will, will be able to get through it easier or be stronger through it. The same event? Yeah. No, because there's that that's the nature part that you can't really right, determine, right? right? That's that's the part. But I would say, I would hope that the person who had more experience would help that other person and they'd get through it together better. That's my viewpoint. Oh, that's beautiful. You just brought, no, it, brought it back together. Well, that's how I feel, you know, like that, that's really right. Just that's the two because, trees growing together. Right. Well, and the thing is, is like, I don't like that idea that, oh, because this person hasn't had a hard life that somehow they're not as strong as someone else, right? I don't really feel that way, but I do feel like the people that have really gone down deep, dark places and come back out realize that, you know, there's no boogeyman under the bed. 
you know, so that maybe they don't have as much anxiety because, you know, a lot of people carry around enormous amounts of anxiety about things, possibilities and scenarios that will probably never happen. Yeah. Yeah. I heard someone (laughs) say recently that most anxiety is an overestimation of how big a problem is and an underestimation of your ability to to handle it. (laughs) Right. Right. So, yeah. Did you have a lot of those? Oh, Oh, yeah. Go ahead. What? No, what were you going to say? I was, uh, you, you mentioned uh, you, you know, people who have been to a deep, dark place and coming out and seeing that there's not any boogeyman there to get you. Has that been your experience? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and just like I've been injured, right, before. Like I broke my arm two years ago, I think, right, right before COVID hit, you know, which everyone was like, oh, that's a blessing. You didn't have to go to work and all this stuff. But at the same time, as you get older and that happens, you start to realize like, wow, you know, I'm not the bionic woman that I used to be or, you know what I'm saying? And so like, I still behave like I am and I'm not, you know? And so the fact that I was injured and they told me, oh, you might have some limitations. And I came back super, super strong and have very little residual is because I worked hard for that, right? You know what I mean? Like it, it definitely is genetics too. And I'm grateful for that. But also I did the work to come back, right? Where sometimes I feel like people, you know, expect that someone else is going to help them along. That's what I mean by maybe being um, an easier life, right? Like here, somebody's going to come and help you out, you know, where if you don't have those resources, it's like, and really, ultimately, it's always down to you. I tell my kids all the time, you want the best health care plan that there is? I can tell you right now, the best insurance is your health. You take care of your own health, and then that's the best you can do. Like, don't look to any kind of health insurance company to to save you or to, to give you your health. Like, no. It's only we are raised on those principles. Yeah. Right? It's true. <laughs> I try though, you know, because it is true. Like, I don't care how much money you pay that they're, they're, it's priceless, right? It's a priceless commodity. And so even in that way, I feel like as a, as a society, we could toughen up, right? And why do you, why do you think that, I mean, is it a generational thing or like, why, why do you think that people are so dependent on others now? <sighs> and drugs and things like that. Um, my best guess, I was talking to a lot of the young people that I work with, because I work with a lot of people that are like my kids age, right? They're like early 20s to early 30s. And I think a lot of it is people are tasked with having to manage a lot more data, right? We have still the same amount of time, but the amount of things that we're expected to push through and manage and, you know, stay on top of, it, it's grown a lot. You know, like you were saying, like, what would I do back in the day? Well, I didn't have email. We had a we had a message phone. I remember the first message phone. You know, I remember the first ATM in Hawaii because I worked at the bank. Like, that's crazy to think about, right? And uh, so, yeah, as far as, like, managing a bunch of stuff, it, it, it's just a lot more now, you know, and keeping up with maybe even your distant cousins who maybe you'd only see at a family reunion once a year or something, you know, but now you have to make sure that you're checking in on their social media or 
you know, posting on their pages and, you know, including a bigger and wider people. Like it's, it, I think it's causing a lot of young people to feel, um, you know, unhealthy in many ways, unhealthy, uh-huh. you know, yeah. not just mentally, but physically, physically. Too. Yeah. I'd agree with that. I think it's, it's just worsened by the fact that on social media, everybody presents their, their best life. You know, they present right. the, the moments that make them look good and everyone yeah. else compares themselves to that. The best meal they had all week, you know, the rest of the time they were eating McDonald's and they didn't show you the wrappers <laughs> yeah, yeah. and the French fries. <laughs> yeah, I actually, yeah. you're talking about you need to be more involved in social media. I think I think you're the one that has it figured out. I think everyone else just has to be less involved. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, because I do think that there's a balance, right? We're not going to go backwards from that, you know, unless, you know, and and conspiracy theory or not you know, sci-fi revelation that there could be a huge solar flare, some thing that would knock out all of that. And then Mm -hmm. think about that. That would be catastrophic in many, many ways, but it wouldn't be the end of everything. But think about like, especially the young people, like my grandchild who's 17 has, is literally like the phone is a part of that person completely, completely. Mm -hmm. I mean, some of that is, you know, um, the responsibility of her parent, too. But at the same time, they're not alone in that. It's their generation. You know, they were actually, as children, given little tablets to entertain them when they were two and things like this, you know. So you don't, so you don't think there's any way the pendulum can swing back in the other direction and people will start to realize that this is toxic and harmful and step away from it? No hope for that? Um, I... I sincerely believe that people will not do it willingly. No, just like, are they going to stop driving cars? Like, come on, is climate crisis. Is that a real thing? Is it really? And people are still driving cars and arguing about it and not really committing to anything or being grumbling about, Oh my God, California is committed to all electric cars. And, you know, is electric even the total answer? You know what I'm saying? But we're still arguing over whether or not it's a thing. And so are people willing to give up plastic straws and, you know, the conveniences that we've been raised on, you know, I'm a paper towel addict. I, I say it right here, right now, you know, I have a hard mm-hmm. time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's an interesting point. I have, I have a friend who, uh, he said that his wife's view on, you know, environmentalism is, is always like the, the earth will be fine. You know, we might kill off ourselves uh, but the earth is going to survive long term. And I, I wonder if that's the direction that we're heading of, you know, maybe that's the pendulum swinging back in the other direction is when it becomes undeniable, the damage that we're doing to ourselves instead of to the earth. Yeah. But I kind of see more of like a fifth element lifestyle or something where we live like in these solar protected uh-huh. pods. Or, you know what I mean? Like, I just feel like it will just evolve, right? There'll just be some sci-fi kind of new reality. I don't know. But it is sad to think that people want to explore other planets to ruin before they figure out what to do with the one they were given. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Is that really the right answer? (laughs) Wouldn't you like to go to Mars if you had the chance, though? No, not if people there treated, treated Mars the way they treated the Earth. No, hell no. No, Mm-mm. I'll go down with this shit. And it's fine. 
<laughs> That's commitment. I, I admire that. I respect that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to go now because I think <laughs> I, I've talked too much. <laughs> yeah, well, I enjoyed this immensely. Thank you so much Me for too. joining us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've met you before and we've talked briefly, but not to get like the shit out of you once. Fun. Yeah. And then it's dirty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank good, you. Good job to your wife with her, with her, uh, Kind of viral. Yeah. Her newfound fame. Yeah, I'll tell oh her. Oh my god, it's great. I'm good for her. I think people should listen. <laughs> Somebody's gotta support your family. <laughs> All right. Bye, All right. Uh, I'll talk to you in a little bit. Okay. All right, what's up? Well, that that was the best one we've done. That's we're we're she, good. <laughs> she like I I went and asked her because uh you know they came like maybe a half an hour before we started and it was like a few minutes before. I was like, "Come on, you're coming into the room." She's like, "Why?" He's like, "You're gonna be on the podcast." Like, no, I don't. I don't. I don't do that. I, I no, I can't. I can't be public like that. I know. I don't want to. It's just uh-huh. like, no, no, come in. You're just gonna come in, and talk to Critter, and then like I was trying to get her to scare you again, and she wasn't having it. So <laughs> she's had enough. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm I'm surprised she she talked as much as she did. No, it's awesome. Yeah, she had some great. It's just fascinating points of view, man. I wanted to, I wanted to get into uh, like how big of a thing human connection is for her. You know, somebody who's really into into nature. It's gonna be huge, for sure. It's gonna be huge. What do you mean? Yeah, like I mean, human connection for her is a huge thing. Oh, okay, okay. So she can't just go disappear into nature by herself and be happy. I think she could for a, a long period of time, but she definitely needs like people, like contacts and stuff. Like eventually, like you know the the opposite of a decompressed like she needs to be in nature for like a week and then come back for a day to civilization and okay see all the people she needs to see and like get catch up on all the stories and stuff and then go disappear again huh all right and so would you say she's an introvert i'm not sure i I would be interested in quizzing her to figure it out without like asking her directly yeah i'm curious now too i feel like we yeah what, we could have talked what, so much longer about the nature versus nurture stuff too. I'm really I wanted to dig, yeah. dig so much. I mean, she's she's all about those debates and stuff. But um, yeah, what what questions did you squander? You had a half an hour where I wasn't filtering anything that you asked. And what questions did I like, squ- what did I what did I not ask that I wanted to? I don't know. It feels like you had untethered access there, and you kind of threw it all away to talk about nature versus nurture. Oh, she was just went where the I followed the the journey, man. I, I was I was on it. I was on it for the the fun of it. Um, I really want to get yet. into like embarrassing Jay stories, but she was just delivering like insight and interesting <laughs> point of view after one after another, and I just had to keep with it. So what's up? So are we you supposed are... to do like a regular podcast now? I don't know. I, I don't know. I guess so. I don't know. It's kind of weird, we, isn't it? How do we come back like, from that? Where's the segue? <laughs> well, Mama Bear left. Well, she's actually in the living room right now. I, I'm surprised you can't hear like my other sisters laughing and stuff through the wall because my youngest sister's here with her and she's super loud. <laughs> are they watching Lego Masters again or whatever? Nope. They are probably just playing with the dogs and being goofy. So you got a, a whole like a family visit happening here. Yeah, all but one sibling. Mm-hmm. Where does that last one live? With my mother. <laughs> she came oh, down... She came down Sunday, though, on Sunday to visit with her dog and stuff. Oh, nice. Look at you, man. Is your house the new the new family hub? That's where people go? Not really. Um, we're the furthest away. So the living situation is weird. So we live down in Eugene. Um, my youngest sister lives in Portland. 
and my oldest sister, and I, I say we live down in Eugene, me and my middle sister live in Eugene. And then youngest sister lives in Portland. My mother and my oldest sister and my nephew live in Vancouver, Washington. So close to Portland. But then my mother, I don't know if she said this or not, but she splits her weeks in half between Vancouver and Seattle. So she has like two residences, essentially. She lives, she has rents an apartment in Seattle and stays there and works uh, at the hospital. And then she'll like commute down to Vancouver on her day off and then like just be around for a few days. But like today they decide to drive down here. So it's like an extra two, three hours on her commute from Seattle, essentially. Okay. So she's kind of like in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. That's a serious, that's some serious time in the car by yourself if you had all that up. Yeah. But I mean, luckily for us, there's so many siblings around that live all over. So you always have a car buddy, I guess. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I think there's something to be said for having the hub. And that was like my, back when we first bought our first house, that was always my dream is like, you know, in shows where people just drop in and they're always just like in full house, you know, like the neighbors would yeah. just like come over and hang out and everybody would just come there and see each other. I always wanted that house. I always wanted the place that people would go to. And that way I'd have to n- never go anywhere and I would always isn't be that, comfortable. Isn't that kind of a reality? I mean, you guys yeah, I, people coming I over think quite we've, a bit. I think we've made that mostly reality just from the fact that we have so many kids. So it's so much harder for us to go anywhere <laughs> than it is for everybody else. <laughs> you become a bi- the biggest burden to take anywhere. So it's yeah, like, well, yeah. why don't you guys just come to us? Yeah, if somebody invites us over and we come in, you know, we roll deep with all six of us and like terrorize the house. <laughs> it's easier for people to just come over here for a couple hours. And now that we've got my mom in the neighborhood and Nancy's brother and sister-in-law in the neighborhood and her sister and brother-in-law in the neighborhood and their four kids, like we're just, we're set, man. We're set. We got all the family drop-ins we could ever want for the rest of our lives and i dig that i like it it's almost never annoying i'm purposely like muting myself and talking it's pretty funny <laughs> why <laughs> I, well so well because i i turned it i turned push to talk off when my mother was talking and it's on push to silence right now oh yeah i do that so too, like yeah. my habit is i'm just muting all the things i'm saying <laughs> yeah yeah i do that because I, I turned push to talk off when you and i have our our there are uh, creeper fun times with Nancy, oh, yeah. and then Friday mornings it's still off, and then I'm just get all confused and screwed up on my first meeting every single time. <laughs> it's my routine. Yeah, I think I only I only keep it on for like team meetings, like project meetings and stuff. Anytime I'm in a one on one, I turn it off. So what's up with you? Anything interesting going on? My family's visiting. Um, let's see. Lame. Going on. Not really. I mean, still, still kicking it with the chicken broccoli rice thing. Um, I got a new water bottle, as you saw. Super exciting over here. I, you know, you you joke, but I'm actually pretty like a new water bottle is exactly the kind of thing I would get excited about. I, I know you will. That's why I brought it up. Um, I just I I, said anything, but I bought new running shorts and I've been waiting all day for them to come. Oh well, nobody cares about that. Keep your shorts to yourself. Oh yeah, because um, people care about your water bottle. They do. They really do. I do. Not normal people. <laughs> Let's see normal? when it's supposed to arrive. I, mean, I don't know. I, I I think about that a lot, actually. Yeah. It's now well, estimated I... between the next two hours, my shorts will be here. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, dang. Well, yeah, the, the whole normal thing. I'm curious where that baseline is. Like, And it's just different in everybody's head, right? Like, each individual has a different... Well, I mean, you probably have groups of individuals that have an idea, a personification of what normal is, but... Does it mean that that's transferable between other people? 
So I this is great timing for me because I I just heard on a have we talked about the five BS rules for life? Did I bring that up yet? I don't know. Start saying. All right. Uh, Here's the. I'm pretty sure I haven't talked about it. Um, I heard it on a podcast with Anne Lamott, who I had never heard of before, but she was like super cool. Uh, so here are the five rules for life that most people live by. And when you speak them out loud, you realize how ridiculous they are. So rule number one, you should not have anything different or wrong about you. Rule number two is if you do, you really have to fix that. Like that's a serious problem. Rule number three is if you can't fix it, you should just pretend that you fixed it and act like there's nothing different about you. Oh, rule God. Number four, rule number four is if you can't pretend, then you should just stay home so nobody has to see you with your differences. And rule number five is if you insist on showing up anyway, then you should at least be ashamed of the fact that you're different. <laughs> and like it sounds it sounds so horrible to say it like that. But think about any situation where you, you know, OK, so for example, for me is like, no, I get it. Society's if, shit. I get it. The rules for society are shit. I've, but like I live I'm by it. Like I, I heard those and no, I was yeah. like, ah, who would live their life? by? But like that's They're me. So that's obvious. Everyone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I immediately when you named each one, I, I could point to an action that I've done. Just, yeah. Oh, yeah. Shit. It's it. Yeah, it's uh, like I feel so called out reading this because you read it and you're just like, oh, my God, like why? How? how, What am I doing to myself that I actually follow these rules? You know, like how how is my life anything but an utter failure that this is what I'm doing? But it's totally what I'm doing. Was that a hair sweep? That was beautiful. That that was a hair sweep. My bad. That was majestic. You look like Fabio. Fabio. I need a haircut, actually. Is it Fabio? No, I have no idea. I I okay. just say things. Okay. Oh, so I'm saying, man, I just say things. Don't take anything I say seriously. All right, I'll stop. But for me, the rule number three, if you can't fix it, you should just pretend that you fixed it. That's super me. I spend that, all day pretending. Oh, I fucking I'm hate not that. I hate that that's a rule so much. Like, I, I just wish I, I, I hate the pretend part of it. I really do. I'd rather I don't know, I'd rather people I don't know, not pretend, even if it's for the worst. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the example I thought of um, when I was like originally thinking about this is that I was, I was, uh, I often get stressed out before big meetings with like senior leaders or whatever. And there was one particular meeting that I was just super stressed about. I was thinking about it like all week and it had just been on my shoulders and stuff. And so when the meeting came, I was going to follow rule number three. I was going to pretend like I wasn't stressed, you know, because stress is something that's different or wrong about me. And I couldn't not be stressed. So I just had to pretend. Um, and then there was some other dude on the call who said, I've been so stressed out about this meeting, I lost sleep last night. Like, he broke rule number three. And I was just like, oh my god, I love you so much. Like, then <laughs> I feel so much better about this whole thing, knowing that it's not just me. And like, the fact that he broke a rule was, it was huge for me. Um, but it never occurred to me that there might be value in breaking the rule myself. You know, it's just, it goes to show, we just assume this is the right thing to do. I, I don't know. I think not directly, but indirectly, you do know that breaking that rule is good for you. Because, I mean, just the conversations that we've had and stuff about pretending or imposter syndrome or any of those things. I, I think I, I think you still have the same mindset that would break that rule. It's just one of those instances where you didn't catch yourself and then you're kind of like in it in the moment. And then somebody breaks the rule in front of you and it's like, oh, shit. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Fuck this rule. I, I think that's exactly right. Yeah, they're like rules that you don't notice that you're following. If you'd actually, if I'd actually thought about the fact that I was following that rule, then I would have been like, "This is ridiculous. Why am I doing this?" Right. But you don't notice it in the moment. It's just how it's a habit. It's how you operate, and that's why they're so skeevious. Is skeevious a word? Skeevious? 
I don't think so. Devious. A scheming and devious mixed together. Skeevious. <laughs> Skeevious. <laughs> so, yeah, that's an interesting one. I got to use the word futz earlier today. F-U-T-Z. I just love that word. Quit futting around. It's like, it sounds like a made up word with a, you know, like how people put Z on the end of word instead of S. Yeah. But it's not. It's super real. Um, so how's your week going? I'm pretty good, man. I feel pretty good. Review season's over here, which was crazy stressing me out. So now that that's done, I feel like I can breathe, which is nice. Also, uh, Wayfair at, changed it so that Mondays and Fridays are flow days now, which some teams aren't following, but I'm trying really hard to follow that. So now I have like two days a week with almost no meetings. The downside is that the other three days are nonstop meetings, start to finish, you know, but it's yeah. nice. I've been using that time to write stuff you know just like various things that i've been putting off writing and i've realized that writing is like my jam even more than i thought it was because i but you it don't just helps write me at all when's the last <laughs> time you wrote anything last time i wrote anything was this morning when i wrote my daily blog post for did tomorrow you, you you wrote it or did i did write it, it? Oh, you mean handwriting? <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's very true. I never handwrite because I hate my handwriting and it's slow and my hand hurts and I can't read it later. And it's just like the most inefficient way to do anything. And I don't get people uh, who like it. I just so don't good. get it. It just it makes no like my wife will, you know, like if, if we're making a list of things we need for a trip or something, like she has to write it down, handwrite it. And then, of course, we lose it. We all it's a memory know, like, thing, though, isn't it? I'll be, I don't know. I, I don't I cannot relate to it one whatsoever. Like. Typing it is faster and it's got it's it's easier to read and it's searchable and it's like backed up and you know it's it's just it makes it's every everything about it is better. My I don't know. It's probably one of those things where I just have a blind spot and I don't understand why someone's brain works like that and that's just how it works and I need to shut up. But I mean just just writing something down will help me remember it. Because mm-hmm. I hate writing so I mean I'm on the same boat as you where I just hate writing. It's so pointless. But like if I handwrite something or if like I force myself to do it, I'm like, I'm going to fucking remember this because I don't write anything really ever. Yeah. If there is something to be said for, I'm pretty sure I read somewhere that there's some research that handwriting commits things to memory in a way that typing it doesn't, but screw that. I just hate it so much. Screw you, man. I recently had the realization that I, um, like there are people who can think through things really, really quickly and just say a well thought out answer. And I am not that at all. And often in calls, I will feel pressure to be that, you know, so I'm like in a one on one and somebody asks me for advice, I'll try and, you know, figure out a good response or whatever. Um, when really what I should be saying is, let me get back to you and then go off and write about it. And then what that sort of like processing will help me write something that actually makes sense, you know, and come up with an actual response that is logical and thought out and not just kind of spur of the moment. Cause I'm just not one of those people that has that. So I've been trying to well, start doing happens? that lately. What happens when you, you're like, okay, hold on. Let me, let me get back to you on that. And then you go and then you come back and your answer is just shit. <laughs> what, what's going to happen then? Well, at least then I know that that's the best that I have to give instead of just like right, right. a disappointing answer because I didn't take the time to think about it. It's such a relief, man. I just hate I hate that pressure just knowing like I'm, you know, I'm I'm uh, I'm yeah, I'm being pressured. I'm being pressured to think of something really quickly right now and I don't have time to yeah. process it and think it through. I think yeah, I don't know. I'm uh, I'm okay with like blurting out answers, but I think I, I play a lot lower stakes games with them because I'm not 
like I'm not a manager, right? Like somebody's employment isn't based off of what I say or do or any of that. So like if somebody just needs an answer, it's mostly like a technical one or is this possible? I mean, if anybody's asking if anything is possible on the internet, the answer is yes. But <laughs> yeah, whether you want to do it in, you know, a certain amount of time or money, that's that's a whole nother thing that we can get mm-hmm. into. But yeah, I mean, that that's usually the those types of questions where somebody's like needs an answer for me right away. Is this possible? Do you think you get this done? Yes. Yeah, I can I can see it for that those types of questions. But if it was more like an you know, it could still be technical if it's like an architectural question or you know like But even that, like like just having an answer I, I feel like even in those situations, because I, I will still blurt out answers that may not be the right answers, but at least get somebody to counter it and be like, No, not that because of this. Instead we need something more specific like this. You know what I'm saying? Like it it still pushes the ball down the field. But I mean, only if you start out at a place that actually makes sense. Like if somebody comes and asks you something like, should we look into MySQL replication or something like, let's go with that. Um, Then, yeah, I mean, maybe the spur of the moment answer is like, yeah, let's check it out. And then maybe if you actually started writing about it. it. Yeah, but maybe my point is like, that that might still be a waste if you went and and started to write about it and like thought through but time time you could time box it to you know two days and it would be way more than if you spent 20 minutes just writing it through and then realized like you know the source of the performance issues that you're having couldn't possibly be MySQL because it doesn't but you don't get that 20 minutes to write until monday or friday what if you get asked on tuesday well, I just have to figure it out, man. I'm a professional. And, and you just have time. to figure out when to write. Yeah, that's not happening. Yeah. Come on now. I got to do it. No, you don't. This is my thing. Writing right is now. thinking. You writing don't do is thinking. It right now. You just said that you don't write, that you haven't written in a very long time. Are we still talking about handwriting? When I say writing, I mean typing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you I freaking know you handwriting. Play. It's just really fun to. Handwriting does not exist as far as I'm concerned. Like, that is not an option. <laughs> All right. So, so that's my big takeaway of the week. I need to stop so, answering so quickly and start writing way more than I do. Can you stop sharing what you write, though? That would be helpful. <laughs> you can stop reading. <laughs> I could, except for I. Yeah, I need to change a setting in the other Slack. I still yeah, get you get notified every single time. time. Yeah, yeah the, yeah, the daily blog one. Ta-da, yeah. new blog post. Yeah, you definitely need to change that. Yeah. Are you going to create a blog finally? I mean, I kind of have one. I just haven't published it or put it on the internet. That's that's exactly that's the same journal. as not having one. That's <laughs> you don't kind of have one. You don't have one. I, I have content to make one. I'm just never ever publishing it. It's like, are you gonna buy a car? Yeah, I kind of have one. I've got a seat belt. <laughs> like, I got the steering wheel. Long way off, dude. <laughs> Check out this shifter I bought. You could even have a whole car, but if it doesn't run, then you don't have a car. I mean, you do, because you can still sell a car, because you, you have, have a car. You literally have a car, but you don't have the value that a car provides. What value does a car provide? Transportation. To what? Places that you want to go. Where do you want to go? To bars. Yeah, that's, so a car that's where I go. provides no value for you at all. The reason <laughs> why a car provides any value for you is because you have children. Oh, we're, seeing, <laughs> we're talking about me? Uh, grocery stores. 
so I can buy more pull-ups. <laughs> You're such a liar. You fucking you you guys order Instacart. Don't fucking you can't No, come we back order with this we order store bullshit. We order curbside, so I still have to drive there. <laughs> sure, sure. That is a nice looking water bottle though. For real. That looks insulated. It is. It is. I know. I decided to upgrade. You didn't have insulated before? No. I I just had some cheap water bottle that I bought at the Adidas store before. The, you have an Adidas store? I've never seen an Adidas uh, store before. Up in Portman, there's like the Adidas employee store and then like the Nike employee store. And then if you know people that work at either place, they can usually give you like a friend's pass or whatever. It's only and for then, employees to shop there? Uh, Well, you get a giant discount. Oh, I see. I see. As okay. an employee. Yeah, yeah. But I do believe you need like a pass to even go to like the Nike one. Maybe the Adidas one. I'm not really sure. I got a I got a question. Um, do you Nobody care cares. about personality types at all? I mean, I. I like, do you find them valuable? Them? What do you mean? Uh, yes. Like if if you know, okay. Let me ask it a better way. Uh, if does knowing your personality type and knowing somebody else's personality type actually help you in any way? Sometimes. Or interesting? Um, well, okay. So what are you trying to say with personality type here? Like, um, like the freaking. Um, Myers, Myers Briggs. Briggs. Yeah. yeah I'll use that, that as an example. Yeah. So with that specifically, I do believe that um, it has helped me in the past to communicate with certain people because uh, I often do not align with how other people think or process things. So like it, it helps if, I mean, it, it has helped not, not in like some major life-changing way but i mean in a way that i can actually communicate and get past you know starting arguments and shit like that huh okay do you know your myers-briggs uh if i recall correctly it's intj it's like the the architect i believe the architect an architect is a person with introverted intuitive thinking and judging personality traits these thoughtful tacticians love perfecting the details of life applying creativity and rationality to everything they do their inner world is often a private, complex one. Oh, it's one of the rarest personality types. Are you rational and quick-witted? I've never <laughs> seen that. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> okay, yeah, here we go. Architects derive much of their self-esteem from their knowledge and mental acuity. Is that true for you? I don't know. Is it? I, I have no idea what gives you self-esteem. I don't even know if you have self-esteem. I, I don't even know what self-esteem really is. <laughs> I don't think you have any. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it could be true i think but you're yeah, just loud um, and you hate yourself i mean it's also true yeah uh the intj thing i i just took that a couple years ago or whatever and that that was the thing that came up but it was just a it's just one of those weird things that when it came up it was like it's one of the rarest types or whatever i was like oh cool so it's being green-eyed and so is being left-handed awesome i think that's that's just the path that i took I want to say when I, t I need to take this again, it's been way too long. I want to say it was ENTJ, which is the commander. And that can't possibly be right because I would never use the word commander to describe me. But you do Extra like to just bark orders. So really, it should just be like taskmaster, right? I do not like to bark orders. I like to do nothing and let everyone else Liar. figure it out. And then I can call myself a servant leader. And if they do really well, then I, you know. I didn't micromanage. And if they don't do really well, then that's their fault. That they could use some commanding. 
some real leadership. <laughs> that's yeah, that's some serious leadership right there. Just leave them alone. Let them fail on their own. I actually I have a whole thing about how there's a very fine line between being a servant leader versus just not doing anything at all. But that's a whole separate discussion. So is your stance is that you do nothing at all and servant leader is what you're trying to be? Uh, my stance is that sometimes I can't tell if I'm being a servant leader versus just not providing value. It's hard I mean, to it's I, hard to tell. I keep trying to remind you it's the latter every time. Sometimes it's sometimes it's not. Sometimes I provide value. I don't believe you. Sometimes I Sometimes I ask a, just a killer question that just hammers straight like to the root of the issue. What what was what was an example of this? Give me one. I example. feel like I I feel like I probably asked some to your mom earlier that I just can't remember. I, well, I didn't hear them because I didn't have the headphones on. <laughs> You'll have to listen back. I will. You have to. I like, got her with a couple zingers with me. Did Ooh, you? I yeah. She she like stopped and looked at me for a second on a couple of just like ah. <laughs> oh, did I get her? Did I? I uh, like. What do you mean? Like in a bad way? No, no, just kind of like, I don't know how I should answer this kind of thing. Like she had to like stop whatever she was going to initially say and then like reword it. Was it was she nervous about being on the podcast? You think? Yeah, I think so. Well, I mean, just listening to her in like the first five minutes, she's really like mouse like and quiet. And then after that, she's just talking like a normal. She person. opened up. Yeah. 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 yeah I, I, cool. I think she didn't. I mean, I think she thought this was kind of how everybody, all our guests think that it's like formatted or whatever. Like, no, no, we're just recording ourselves talking because we're idiots uh-huh. and want to get canceled for saying stupid shit, I guess. <laughs> we, you have to have an audience to be canceled. Exactly. What we, have now, what we have now is like a podcast after it gets canceled when nobody listens anymore. <laughs> That's just our this default is just state. Like a, this is just like random water cooler conversations that should never be had. Uh-huh. <laughs> we're having them so no, nobody else has to have them. We're saving the world. Yeah, there you go. Right, yeah. We're, we're creating productivity for everyone else. Our <laughs> yeah. 20 listeners. All right. You ready to stop saving the world now so I can go pee? No, man. We still have an hour, uh, nine hour, a minute and 20 seconds. We have to do an hour specifically. Oh, we do. Well, then when I cut out white noise, we're going to be down to like 56 minutes or so. Well, then why am I even counting? <laughs> Nobody told you. <laughs> you're, you're like Michael Scott separating the, the trash yeah. into different colors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah basically. hey this let's use the last minute to ask uh have you been watching the like lo- the uncut episodes of the office on peacock have you seen that at all no i haven't um like i saw they were available but i don't know the office the office has a place in time for me it's not oh really you're done with it you think it's not that i'm done with it it's just that like it's I don't need to watch it again, right? I, I mean, I watched it 20 plus times in fucking five years, six years, whatever it was. Like, I, from, like, I watched all the way up to the finale week to week. And then from there, I just fucking had it on repeat forever. So it's mm. just, it was a lot. It, it's a lot of watching it. Um, but I mean, I love the references and stuff and yeah. catching those inside jokes and whatever. It's, it's real fun. But watching it again, I think I have to wait a while. Right now is the longest I've ever since I moved off of Netflix, which was what, like almost a year ago now or something. I can't remember. I so. But this is the longest I've I haven't watched it ever since then. Um, and I, I, like I watched all of New Girl and then all of IT Crowd and then most of Shit's Creek and got bored of it. And now I'm watching New Girl again and stuff. So I'm kind of pumped to get back into the office, but I'm a little worried. Like after so long away from it coming back, it'll just like be, you know, this was 
it'll Zol, slap like another life no, or something. It, it's still good i mean it's all the, you think it's yeah it, it's still that's why it's like in a time capsule for me it's like if i watch it i'm not i don't want to watch it with like today's lens and get everybody's opinions on it today like i don't give a shit mm-hmm. <laughs> like i i had the office when i was struggling going to school and fucking doing an unpaid internship and shit so all that yeah. stuff was super hilarious for me and it was yeah. how I unwound. I mean, and it was back when like I didn't smoke weed or really any of that shit either. So it was just that's how I unwound. Yeah, and now you got to leave it in a special place. Yeah, now it's just kind of gonna sit there for a little bit. Yeah, I uh, I, I started listening to this. Have you ever heard of Dream Theater, the band? No, it's like a progressive rock slash sometimes metal band. Um, they're kind of they're still around, but they've been around for like thirty five years, and they're kind of crappy these days, but. Back when I was in high school, that was like all I listened to. And so in the past few weeks, I started listening to them again. And man, listening to like your favorite song from high school that you haven't learned since haven't listened to since high school is like the best feeling. I, I listened to a whole album when I was running and it was just like nonstop runner's high, just remembering every word that I hadn't sung in 15 years. Yeah, it was, uh, was Jay Z didn't have any of his uh, music on Spotify for a long time because uh-huh. he he's like an investor in title which is a competitor and all that. So they're trying to like do the exclusivity thing. But uh, recently a bunch of the old Jay-Z stuff showed up on Spotify and like some of the songs from my high school and stuff came in there. I was like, Oh fuck. Awesome. And then <laughs> yeah, that's just it, went immediately to my lifting playlist. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm going to go lift to this. Oh man. Yeah. I was worried it wouldn't hold up, but it's just so good. And I, I think if I heard it today for the first time, I would hate it, but just like remembering, you know, it, it's so, it's so good. All right. I really got to pee. I'll in. see you on Friday. <laughs> there's no there's no corks that are that big. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> All right, later buddy. Bye. See ya.